The Tumbling Saber Podcast is a proud member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Connect with us on Twitter and Facebook. Subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts. Visit our base at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Welcome back to episode 140 of the Tumbling Saber podcast. My name's Kyle. My name's Corey. I'm Michelle. And my name is Carlos. Welcome back, one and all. Glad to be here after after our, our little summer break. We had a little Sith Disturbers action last week for the powerful friends. Uh, but this is our first time back. It feels like it's been so long back on the main show. How are you guys doing? Woohoo! Yeah, hiya, man. It's the dog days of summer. Wow, today's so, so gross. Like, it's so damp here today that everything, you, like, every surface just feels wet. It's oh, so gross. I'm hoping it's not just the cats losing control of their of their bodily functions. <laughs> but everything just feels gross. Like, the, the couches, blankets, everything just feels kind of damp and moist. It's gross. But anyway, I'll take that over uh, the minus 20 stuff. So everybody's doing well? I'm trying yeah, really man. hard, really, really hard, not to, not to, not to jump all over what you just said. Oh, I know, I know. I use Guys, the, I, I, I use that M word. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I figured. Everybody's favorite word. Oh. All right, Munchkins. Let's kick off the show on a positive note and welcome back the one and only Brad Tracy. Brad Tracy, welcome Ranger. back. Woo! Oh yeah. <laughs> welcome back, Brad. Glad to have you back. And uh, appreciative of your support once again. We're uh, eight patrons away from having a weekly Sith Disturbers. Eight patrons <laughs> away from a weekly Sith Disturbers. <laughs> that may or may not feature me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see about well, all Well, then that. who's going to edit it? <laughs> Whatevs. Uh, well, I don't know. The Magic Man. Someone's going to have to learn editing. Oh, we'll recruit James. James will come back for the edit. <laughs> I don't think my that, that was his, definitely his least that. favorite part. I know. <laughs> his wife is going to murder you in your sleep. Oh no, she'll maybe she, she I think she would just do it wide awake. Oh, yeah, just back over us with the van. Make it extra bloody like Carrie. Tell her to pick a number. There's a line. <laughs> so Carlos, uh today you were binging old episodes of Sith Disturbers? I actually was. Wait, I felt, How far back uh, did you go? I went all the way to February. I went all the way to mid-February. Okay, that's that's, uh, that's half a year old. Yeah, mid-February, and uh, I had to listen to uh, Reginald Del Johnson. I had to. <laughs> it was hilarious. Reginald Del Johnson. Oh man, it was so good. Uh, yeah, so I listened to, but I, I listened to them like going backwards. So I went from uh, mid-April. All the way to mid-February. So I listened to about uh, four and a half, five, six episodes, something like that. And so this is explained one of two ways. Either you had absolutely nothing to do today, or Sith the Service is just that good. Busy work. Busy work. It's, it's just that entertaining do- that as a centerpiece of the <laughs> Patreon program that we offer, it's irresistible. And everybody oh, yes. just, just go check us out. Oh, I, I'm sorry. What I meant to say was Sith the Service is an amazing show and everybody should be listening to it. 
<laughs> no, li- uh, Carlos li- is I- not a bot. I am not a bot. Uh, no, it's uh, I-, I had some uh, busy work to do. I was transcribing some stuff, and I I wanted some um, ambient noise, and uh, I figured, yeah, let's uh, let's go back and listen to some of that redonkulous shit that we did. <laughs> oh, we're on the main show. Sorry. <laughs> 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 And uh, it's really, really good. So if uh, you guys are patrons and you've just become a patron, scroll back. It's worth it. And if you're not yet a patron, it's so worth it. Yes. Sign up and then scroll all the way back. Start with the Sithmas special. Oh, geez. Are we supposed to, like, do the drawing now? Because it's almost September. This is, like, the last week of August. Next week. Next week we'll do, but we'll, it'll we'll do be our draw. September. Yeah, it will be. It'll, right? it'll be the first couple of days of September. That's okay. Oh, cool. And uh, well, we haven't we haven't even announced next week's prize, but uh, it'll be for, for those who love snips. You're gonna like next week's prize. Ooh, Boy. snips. Yep, yep, yep. I'll I'll leave it at that. Uh, how about uh, some collecting updates? It's been a couple weeks. So what uh, what's new on the shelves? What's new on our on our in our collections, guys? Oh dear! <laughs> Go it's ahead. A, it's a big collecting update. Ooh, big poppies here. Big lunch. Big <laughs> lunch. Oh my okay. god! I got. I got to throw this out there just because you know, even though it's not Star Wars related. Uh, yeah, I got Iron Man from Infinity War marked down to like half price, which is sweet. I got the Mohawk Storm. From the Apocalypse Build-A-Figure line. I want that. As well as... Oh, it's so nice, bro. And Bishop as well from the Sauron Build-A-Figure. Which, yeah. again, is like... Oh, dude, it's really nice. I don't know. I, just, I love that that era of X-Men so much. And, uh, yeah. Anyhow. Will Sporstasio, man. Oh, uh, yeah. So then that same weekend... Um, I picked up Star, like a vintage Star Wars uh, issue 57, I think. And so sweet because it's got like the introduction to uh, Spider-Man and his amazing friends in the corner, like the debut of it, which I thought was pretty neat. Then I found uh, Before the Awakening for four ninety nine at Walmart hardcover. I was like, okay, whatever. It's like it's a Yawn novel, I think, but totally gonna read that. Um, it's worth it. Then it'll make if if you didn't feel enough pity for Ray as she sits by herself at her her at flat, her flat at. Yeah, the flat mm-hmm. app. <laughs> eating, <laughs> eating on her own. If you didn't feel enough pity for her there, you read the story featuring her in Before the Awakening and you'll you'll feel so much worse for her. Eesh. Anyway, continue. Yeah, so that's just the tip of the iceberg here. Um, big, big, big shout out to my man Steve Kirk over at the San Diego Sab- Sabres radio podcast. Like, He had asked me for my address a couple of weeks ago and I was like, ooh, okay, like gonna get a little something in the mail like i was figuring it could have been something from uh, intergalacticon this connie started this year uh but yeah lo and behold it's it's island journey ray and a range trooper which is really ironic because we're like like carlos says mind meld mind meld <laughs> like i just purchased them as they were in the mail both of them so i'd managed to take island journey ray back and get chewbacca from solo which was sweet Super nice. stoked about that. And the Range Trooper I've given to Kyle, plus plus a little uh, exclusive for exclusive. I, I give him a little plus there. He's going to do what he wants with it. Uh, but 
he gave me Clone Commander Wolf, which, ooh, damn, I, re- I wanted that so bad. Uh, so, yeah, I got Chewbacca, the Rebel Trooper, 6-inch, and DJ 6-inch. I finally found them on, it's the first time I saw any of these guys on the shelves, really. The Rebel Trooper I went back for, but, uh, yeah, it was quite the haul the past <laughs> couple weeks. Yeah, you've been pretty busy. Wow. Anybody, yeah. can you guys match that? Well, uh, <laughs> you, I, you I, don't uh, have to try. <laughs> uh, I, I, I did pour uh, some soda water into a glass that had about an eighth of Coke Zero at the bottom, and I didn't realize it. <laughs> so I, I kind of invented something new. So that, I, I mean, that's cool. That's all. That's all I got. That's all I got. No, you know what? I uh, I'm um, this close. Uh, That's the international symbol for this close. Really, really close to getting that X-wing, the Luke and uh, Biggs uh, Red Three, Red Five uh, Lego. Uh, I was just waiting for it to show up at uh, the Lego store, but I think I'm just going to order it from the site, and I should be getting that next week. Or nice. the next ten days at at the at the most. Cool. Yeah. So cool. that's coming. I made I made the uh, decision and I might get Anakin's uh, Anakin's uh, little little Jedi starfighter along with it. We'll yeah, see. I gotta get my hands on that too. Uh, Michelle, anything to add to your collection this week? Um, not that I can remember. I'm just really focused on this pizza I just ordered. So <laughs> I can't really think about anything other than pizza. <laughs> um, I finally opened the package that had my can- Cad Bane Pop Funko in it. Oh. And then, oh, I found, um, I was unboxing like my moving boxes and I found my like black Darth Vader capelet thing from her universe that I was going to wear to like the concert thing, but it was so hot anyway. So I probably wouldn't have. And um, yeah, but I found it. So I was like really excited, Um, but like nothing new more. Like I found stuff that hadn't been opened yet in the middle of my other stuff. I don't know. Sorry. Pizza. Pizza. Enjoy your pizza. (laughs) I don't know. It's it's coming. Like I just ordered it. Oh, so okay. Come, yeah, later. But I'm excited, which means I'm not as hangry as I was like <laughs> ten minutes ago. So that's good news for you guys. Oh well, a hangry Michelle is still a good Michelle. Yeah, I'm just thinking about pizza a lot. Well, you continue doing that, and I'll, and I'll dump my quick collection update here. So I found myself. A three and three quarter inch from the solo line Hoth Leia, which I was very eager to snap up. So I did just that. Uh, what else did I grab? So Corey mentioned that he swapped a range trooper with me for Clone Commander Wolf, and I, I'm very benevolent that way. So Corey, enjoy that exclusive. Hey, there was a two for one. <laughs> I don't have the other one yet, so for me it's still a one for one because I know you, and I'll probably never see that thing. Hey, I told you. It, either way, it's it's it was either for. Yeah, yeah, I got I one know, for I know, my, I know there's what you're two, say. so one for me, <laughs> one for you, or, you know. Oh, boy, and what else did I get? Uh, oh, I found Forces of Destiny Ahsoka. I actually found it, which is it's, it's a strange story with that, because 
I had seen people posting in Quebec Star Wars Facebook groups that they were turning up at this consignment store called Winners. Actually, it's, it's Canada-wide, so uh, guys out west will know what I'm talking about. And it went straight... Like, I never saw it at Walmart, Toys R Us, at any of the regular places, at regular price. It just started turning up at, for $7.99 in these consignment stores. So I was like, okay, well, I gotta go out and buy my daughter's shoes for school. She starts this week. I'll just hit these stores. I probably won't find it. I never do. Lo and behold, the first place I go to, there she is. So I snapped her up. And then I wondered, if am I gonna, is this going to my collection? Or as a dad, do I need to give this to my daughter? Because I know she wants it. She's seen pictures. She badly wants the Ahsoka. So I wrestled with that, but I decided I'm going to buy it, run it out to my car, and put it in the trunk before before she knows I have it. And then I'll decide later, because we're going we were going to hit a second location anyway. So I, we, we drive out to the second location. Don't find one. Of course, lightning doesn't strike twice, but I did. Have, it actually was there. So I was chasing my son around, and he took me down an aisle, and up, and I just see out of the corner of my eye, I see some Forces of Destiny packaging where I hadn't seen it before. And so I shoved some things aside, including one of those really creepy baby dolls. So creepy, those <laughs> things. And there it was, another one. So I was able to scratch both itches. I got one for the collection, and my daughter gets one. Everybody's happy. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of it for my collecting. You know, I've always been saying, I got to focus. I got to, you know, zone in here. So I got, I got a three and three quarter. I got a black series, and I got a Forces of destiny. How's that for focus? Oh, yeah. God. But, you know, Jen, like, you know what? I, I think, you know, the guys at the Nerd Room talked about this last week. Like, I'm slowly getting priced out of the whole collecting game. You know, like, I, I, I had shared this while I was off on vacation, but I had a Mimban Trooper in hand at Toys R Us. And then I brought it to the register, and it, it rang up at $37.99. Like, I, I was like, no, I can't do this. So I canceled that transaction. And it was it was so weird because there were loads of them on the shelf, like at least a dozen. So, like Toys R Us, if you're going to tag something with a premium price, like at least give the appearance of scarcity so you feel like, you know, you're getting something exclusive. But anyway, like, like the guys at, at, like, at the nerd room were saying, and I feel the same way. Like it's, it's just too, taking too much of a toll on my wallet. And you know, looking towards the future and all the new Star Wars stuff coming. I don't know where it's all going to fit in, but I'm I'm terrified. But uh, you know, yeah, you definitely can't be a completionist anymore. No, it's game, it's game over. Keep, I mean, yeah, unless it's... you're unless you have a make a lot of money, and then you can do whatever you want. But if you're if you're like us dull normals, you gotta you know only a certain amount goes to collecting, and there's no way you can be a completionist anymore. No, you gotta like I think Tim was mentioning it, like. Almost got to go like character focused driven or certain movies. I don't know. Like moving forward again, like we're not getting, I don't know what they're planning to do with, you know, like John Favreau's show and all that stuff. Or are they going to get Black Series figures? And Probably. if that's the case, like, oof. yeah. Could all, get, all that wait. stuff. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be ridiculous in the next, like two years from now, we're going to be absolutely drowning. So, we yeah, gotta get their act together too. Like I, Kyle and I were together this weekend for a bit, and I mentioned to him like the anomaly of of Rogue One in the sense that like Cassian and Jin, I don't know how mass produced they were, but they they're still at some locations like 
20, 30 deep, like marked down to nine ninety nine. Like just get me off the shelf. And they're not selling, but the, I've never seen characters produced in such copious quantities. Like it's really odd, you know. And I, I don't know. Like they really have to get that part of their their distribution under control and production. Well, yeah, I mean, it all happens in in purchasing and stuff like that. Like people just don't know what to forecast and what to buy. And it's 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 a very bizarre time that we're in right now. But you know, like the haters of of the st- current Star Wars offerings use toy sales as some kind of evidence that fans aren't appreciating the new movies and new TV stuff. But I, I don't think that's accurate at all. Like I I just think that as fans and collectors, like we're being wrung dry. Completely wrung dry. And I you know, I, I look at the stuff on the shelves when I go in there and I'm like, there's so much stuff I want, but I can't do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I like especially this time around, like as you've seen my the past couple of weeks have been a little crazy for me. But at the same time, it comes in waves, right? And right now, there's like the shelves are teeming with both Star Wars and Marvel stuff for some reason. It's like, I don't know, they, they just restocked the shelves recently. And there's a lot of nice stuff out there for the Marvel's 10th anniversary. And even Star Wars, too. I've seen these waves that came out months ago, like hitting shelves out here now, finally. Yeah, it's it's really bizarre. Anyway, so there's a tiny bit of Lego news, Carlos. I don't know if you heard this last week, but uh, BrickFanatics.com is reporting that there's a 20th anniversary set or sets coming for next year. And there's no word on what they're going to be other than their, their you know, vehicle and play sets from across the saga. But, I mean, this is, this is all to say that Phantom Menace will be 20 years old next year and they're going to celebrate that with, with uh, some cool Lego sets. Had you heard anything about that? Yeah, actually, um, it wasn't. It was less about Phantom Menace and more about the um, Lego Star Wars actually launched in '99 as well. Yeah. So it's it's more about celebrating their 20th anniversary uh, as opposed to uh, the anniversary of the Phantom Menace. Yeah, that's true. Um, but I heard that they're uh, they're going to look at uh, some of those first models and. Um, look to improve them which i mean they've been doing over the last uh, the last little while and um i'm expecting probably a, a tanty 4 uh for a ucs mm, uh, collector that would be cool. a, a new one yeah um that's that's from some of the rumors that i've been that i've been hearing uh, i watch uh, quite a few uh, lego uh, YouTubers, and uh, that's what uh, you know. That's what they're kicking around the campfire. That would be but, nice. Uh, yeah, no, that's definitely one that's really cool, uh, especially if the stand that they place it on uh, uses those um, those Lego Technic pieces, but the clear ones. So it kind of looks like the ship is actually horizontal in space. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways, there's there's a lot of stuff that's uh, that's being uh, that's being thrown around. Uh, I mean, we knew about Cloud City last year for, and I mean, it's coming out September 13th for VIP members. Uh, I mean, we talked about that a little bit in the group. Uh, I don't think anybody's a, a huge fan of it, but um, uh, uh, well, Matt, yeah, Matt Matt Salvatore yeah. seemed to to dig it. Man, he's he's a huge Lego guy, anyway. No, for sure, for sure. No, he, he likes to play sets, and I mean, he uses them, especially when you're doing Lego stop motion. I mean, a play set is kind of the 
the backdrop for for everything that he does. So I, I understand it from that point of view, absolutely. Uh, but as far as a collector, when you talk about ultimate collector series, I don't see the value of the of the Cloud City. Is that at, is that uh, the Cloud City is a UCS? It is. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't over there. There's like portions of it that I think are cool, but not enough of it is cool enough for me to go. Yeah. I, I think that's a, that's a rad little set or rad, rad large set. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I guess to each his own. I prefer ships, but, um, I think they could have done it better. They could have added more depth to it, you know, made it uh, kind of look like it was in the, in the sky somehow. But uh, whatever. I mean, they they did it that way. Uh, they they probably have a thousand reasons that are better than mine for not liking it. So yeah, what you, well, do? you know what? One day somebody's going to do a custom one anyway, using like thirty thousand bricks. Yeah, exactly. Somebody somebody <laughs> built a star destroyer using something stupid like thirty five thousand bricks or something. It looks yeah, I saw that. Incredible! It's it's ridiculous how cool that thing looks. Yeah, it's, it looks it looks it looks amazing. The the one good thing about the the UC, the Cloud City the UCS set that I I was really impressed with was the uh, selection of minifigures. Yeah, like yeah, they went all out with the minifigures. So I mean, if a lot of people complained uh, recently about about that about the minifigure selections in the in the UCS sets, they can't complain about this one. This one is uh, above and beyond. That is that is true. Okay, so let's uh, leave collecting talk there for a while. We'll pick up on that uh, soon with uh, the guys from the Nerd Room. We're gonna have we're prepping we're the early stages of prepping our next crossover podcast. So stay tuned for that in the near future. Uh, but for now, we can jump into some some aging news. But we haven't spoken about it here. It's the teaser trailer for Resistance. We're a week behind, but that's okay. Let's we're not gonna stay too long on this, but. Uh, Michelle, quickly, your overall thoughts on this uh, this teaser. It looked fun. Um, I'm still trying to get used to, like, the fact that um, the characters, like, the animation is such that, like, you can't, like, the color, uh, how do I say this? Like, there's no outline of, like, any feature or face. It's all just, like, the exact same color. Like, there's... <laughs> There's no the like, animation's taken some getting anything. used to. It's not that it's like bad. It's just like I think it's just you have to get used to it. Mm-hmm. I think and um, yeah, it's just a little off-putting because I'm not used to it yet. Um, but like the actual trailer itself, like seemed pretty like I don't know, actiony and like Disney kids fun, like exciting. Um, yeah. I just was like trying to get past the, the face stuff. Yeah, no, but I, think, I like. I, I think it's I like a fairly typical it reaction. I think it's totally fair in what yeah. what they're being what they're aiming for. Yeah, I think it's just like just what they want. I think kids will really like it, and adults who watch with the kids will like it. And I think it's a good. I think it's a great like vibe, like the energetic vibe i got from it is like really good for disney xd i think and it's different enough i think from the other shows like that are on the same channel like rebels and stuff um and i like that it's bright because i feel like we get a lot of really dark imagery in star wars and i like that it's really bright and fun and 
Like, I think we need, like, we need more, uh, we need more diversity in our Star Wars and, like, how different stories in the universe are told. And I think it's nice to have, like, the brightness. It reminds me of, like, the early brightness of, like, the early prequels of, like, all the color and just, like, I don't know. I just kind of really enjoyed that, like. That's a really good point. I, I, that didn't cross my mind, but you're, you know, replaying the trailer in my head. That's, that's absolutely true. Um, Corey, what's your overall impressions? I like Michelle just said there in the sense that the the di- diversity we can use for this platform, like the platforms we can use for animation, like they're just getting started. You know, there's so many different types of tools at their disposal that uh, like there's so many ways to tell a story. And this is just one of one, one of them. And it, it looks good to me. Like I'm kind of on the same vein as you guys as well as same as anyone else. The animation is a little bit odd. It's different than I would have imagined. Uh, I was kind of thinking a little more an, uh, anime, but again, we've seen not all that much. Like the racing seemed pretty, pretty good. Uh, like you guys said, that the color palette and the scheme is almost like soft colors. Like, like I think Timothy Nurburgrim had described it. I liked it as pastels, which yeah, that kind of put it in the light. It, it's a bit reminiscent of Titan AE and a lot reminiscent of Stormhawks. I think it was. I don't know if you guys ever watched that. Mm-hmm. Stormhawks is cool. Yeah, Stormhawks is kind of is is right on. Yeah, so that kind of brought me to that. Uh, so look again, it, it looks skewed to a younger audience, which is totally fine. Um, there's so many more mature projects in the works that are we're expected to see that are coming down the pipeline. And even if you think from the animation standpoint, like I had told Kyle yesterday, like think about it, we're getting this show resistance, but we're also getting the clone wars as well. And the clone wars ended in 2012, right? So that's six years ago. So even if those people watching the show were kids back then, they've grown up. So there's potential there to make the clone wars last season, a little more skewed toward an adult audience, especially with the lead up to revenge of the Sith and where they're going with this show. Like there's a lot of stuff that needs to be tied up there. But regardless, either way, this whole racing thing is really Filoni it's a passion for him and I think there's there is something there and again it's Filoni so there I think he does have something up his sleeve and he does have a pertinent story to tell here so uh, I'm excited for it and think think of Rebels like we had said the first season pretty much and especially the first couple episodes were very I don't know like skewed again toward children and the show evolved and progressed and became what it was so, I don't know. I, th- I think this story is going to have a bigger story to tell, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Definitely got to give it a chance, anyhow. Yeah. I, again, there's not, not a whole lot there I, I can really argue with. But uh, let's let's pass it over to you, Carlos. What do you think? So, am I supposed to just uh, let Corey get away with saying diversity? <laughs> Whatever. I don't know. Okay. Anyways, uh, no, I like it. I really like it. I like I like the fact that it's different from Clone Wars and from that other show. And um... <laughs> don't try and surpass me, man. <laughs> uh, no, I think it was, it's cool. I like the energy level. Uh, I like the the rapport. I mean, I mean, obviously it's a trailer, so they're gonna they're gonna try to build it up. Um, I just, I like the, the rapport with the, uh, with the young guy following Poe around like a little puppy. And well, that's uh, the real reason why you like this because Poe's in it. No, well, 
there's a, there's a Poe and BB-8. I Leia mean, too. Mind your ba- you talked already. <laughs> Anyways, uh, <laughs> no, I really I like the animation. I don't mind it. I don't mind it at all. Uh, it's gonna take me less getting used to, I guess, than everybody else. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's cool, and um, I'm actually looking forward to it. I'm gonna get it on iTunes. I'm not uh, I'm not getting Disney XD. And uh, Disney uh, needs to uh, get that uh, streaming service up and running. Chop, chop. Yep. I, yeah, I agree with that. But, uh, you know, I, I'm i kind of with you guys. Like, uh, bits and pieces with from all your takes consist of my takes. So, yeah, I mean, the animation, fine. It's it's cool with me. Like, it's, it's, it's taken some getting used to looking at it. But, you know, The Simpsons looks different than South Park, which looks different than Looney Tunes, which looks different than... Clone Wars, which looks different from Rebels. And I'm, I dig all of those styles. So I will eventually get on board with Resistance and it'll just become something else that I dig. Another style that enters the repertoire. But uh, you know, I, I don't get the anger over this. Like when you look at the, uh, the, the, the fan reactions, and just, there was a lot of anger over this. And like surprise... Like in the the initial press release, it was said like this is going on Disney Channel. That's a kids channel. Eventually, it'll be on XD as well, but it's made for Disney Channel. You know, it 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 doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out the demographic. Like I I don't know I was I'm scratching my head. Like, do you people read at all? So we can't get selfish, man. There's so much stuff in the works again that. There's more to come. We gotta spread the wealth for all ages. Well, I mean, that's it. like people our age, give or take ten years. It's like they're so mad that not everything was made specifically for them. Like, yeah, why, why is Disney crazy. doing this to us? They're not doing anything right. to you, you self-important jerk. Like, they're making this for another demographic. Like we said this a long time ago on the podcast, where if Lucasfilm is not appealing to children, Star Wars will be dead twenty years from now. Exactly. Planting seeds, man. Yes, you gotta you gotta plant the seeds early. And let's let's like Corey, you said this. Rebels was vastly different in season one as it was from from what it was in the end. The tone of the of the show matured and evolved. This might too. It might not, <laughs> but like it, it very well could morph into something different by the time it's all said and done. But I, 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 you know, not to complain too much, but I, I, I'm with you guys. It looks like fun, this, you know, despite the the younger tone, which I'm fun, fine with, because I showed my kids the trailer and they're super into it. They want to see this, and I'll sit there with them, and I will probably enjoy it. But uh, interesting here, it's set six months before the Force Awakens, which came as a surprise to me. That's it. Like, how many seasons are we looking forward to here? You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, that so to me it's it, you know it's either a, a short run of a show like one or two seasons tops or, or it continues into the episode 9. Well that's what I mean like it, it spills over into the current timeline and and fills some of that gap that we presume is between episodes 8 and 9. Maybe mm. this show will lead us into that somewhat. Otherwise, you know the, you know if if it's 6 months before that's 180 days give or take. Maybe they do. Maybe this the show runs every single day of every single one of those hundred and eighty days. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it, 
I, I'm on board. I, I'm, I'm okay with it. The only thing I'm not okay with, which, you know, we have to discuss as a group and as a community at large, but Sunday, October 7th, 10 p.m., that's, that's when it drops. So it's going to be, a, at least to start, it's going to be a Sunday night show. And it's going to air as we are podcasting. So, are we? You know, a week later, we're going to break it down. I don't think so. And I, I, as you know, I'm stoked to see the show, but I don't think we're going to have a bridge of transmissions type show for this. Like, I'm not. I don't think I'm that into it that I'm going to do a separate podcast for it. So, uh, Dave Donovan had a cool suggestion that maybe we do a live watch, which is a, a great idea in theory. But we have to work out how we're going to break down this show on this podcast. All right. So uh, anything else about the show? You guys catch any of the Easter eggs in the uh, in the trailer? Not really. Hmm. So I, on on Kazuda's ship, there's a Naboo N1 starfighter painted on the side, as well as what looks like a YT-1300 light freighter. <sighs> Ooh. Which is kind of cool. I mean, we're talking about racing here, right? Like they're entering some sort of circuit of racers. Han Solo a, was was a racer at at this point in the timeline. That's what's interesting about it too. You know, like racing seems to be a big part of Star Wars as well. So, well, so I have to correct myself. Han was a racer, but he was you know, at, at that point in the timeline. He had gone back to smuggling, but he was also racing at some point between episode six and seven, which is, which is kind of cool. So I wonder if uh, our favorite little scoundrel is going to pop into the show at some point. That'd be kind of cool. We know Leia's in it. We know Leia's in it. We don't know how much, but uh, yeah, it's, it's got some cool stuff going on. And did you guys notice the, at one point in the, in the trailer, there was a little symbol in the background and I knew I had seen it before and I couldn't place it. And then I saw it on my my Fen Rao action figure. It's the that, it's a symbol on the on the front of his helmet. I don't mm. know what the symbol stands for, but it's it's Mandalorian something, which is kind of rad. But anyway, we got yeah. a, we got a cool, colorful cast. Something that Star Wars is is slowly veering towards. Looks like some great voice actors going to be taking the, the reins here. Hey, you know what's cool about it too, when you think about it that way, like the the whole circuit, like. It looks like this kid is getting thrown into that, like, pose, like, your first assignment. You're a good racer potential. You'll enter this as such and such a person, but you're going to do some reconnaissance in your travels throughout the galaxy doing this circuit, right? So, like, there's a lot of potential there for, like, uh, to meet new planets and, like, diversify the galaxy kind of, you know? I Yeah, I know what you mean, for sure. I, I love the, the, the ship design of... Um... What's the character's name here? Uh, Tora. Tora Doza. Her blue ship that looks like a Porsche. I think it's a Porsche 917. That jumped out at me immediately. Reminds me of Speed Racer. That, yeah, that too. And it, both would be inspirations. Uh, okay, so one thing I think we, we should do, which I think is only fair. You know, we talk about Dave Filoni, Dave Filoni, Dave Filoni. We need to give credit for this. Or, or blame as a, if, if that's if that's the case but we need to we need to talk about Amy Beth Christensen when we talk about this show because this is her show yeah Dave Dave Filoni is the head of animation but she is the for all intents and purposes the day-to-day head honcho on this on this program 
So let's get her involved in the conversation a bit more going forward. All right, so anything else on Resistance before we move ahead? Looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely looking forward to uh, talking about this at some point. Um, and my kids are at a great age right now where they'll they'll be able to enjoy it along with me as opposed to have to like binge watch everything so we can discover it and talk about it all at the same time. Uh, I think that's cool. Yeah, I mean, this is, I think this is separate, far enough separated that, you know, of course, Poe's in it, Captain Phasma, there will be elements that we definitely recognize, but this show, I feel like this show will be self-contained enough that it, it's, I don't know if it's going to be earth-shattering in terms of canon, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think we're going to be, like, completely floored in, in, over what happens in the show. I don't think it's going to have gigantic implications for canon. Which is, you know, both good and bad, I guess, depending on your point and point of view. No, I think it could. I think it's going to have some like relevant little tidbits, you know, like this. Well, yeah, a, a relevant show, tidbit you know? is far different than earth-shattering. <laughs> yeah, well, it's going to definitely tie into the grander saga. Oh, of course. But I'm just saying, it's not like we're going to find out that uh, we're not going to find out where Snoke came from in this show, for example. Or, you know, we're not going to find out why Snoke turned Kylo Ren in this show. That's just, that's not going to happen. Anyway, we will talk about Resistance again. I, I want to see a real story trailer instead of just something teasy. I want, to, I want to get into the story a little bit, and we'll do that. Hopefully we'll get something before the show actually drops. All right, so let's, uh, let's move ahead. And uh, some news that broke late last week. Dominic Monaghan, he of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, and I believe he's in Lost and a bunch of other things, is reuniting with J.J. Abrams in Episode Nine. Pretty cool, right? Corey, does this, does this make you happy? Uh, yeah, I'm totally stoked that they're finally recognizing like Middle Earth as a part of canon now. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I think it's a great. There's idea. no hairy feet in Star Wars. You don't know that. Y'all don't know? Wookiees and Ewoks aside. Ah, it's a very diverse galaxy, Kyle. You're so close-minded. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's something about it that just seems like a great fit to me. Uh, it seems like a, just a really good casting call. Like, I have a good feeling about it. Like, we know he's worked with JJ before, like you said, on Lost and stuff. Uh, and as the article said, he's expressed interest back in about 2014 about working or becoming a part of that universe, you know? So mm-hmm. uh, I'm down, man. Like, I guess this could be a bit of typecasting or stereotypical, but I don't know. I could see him being maybe like a part of Kanji Club or something or like a mo- mocap alien or droid. Well, that's it, right? Like, we, we have no idea the size of his role. How is it? A, it, it could be a Simon Pegg type role where it's it's, you know, a couple of scenes and he's out. Yeah, he's gonna be uh, he's gonna be Hux's brat cousin, like <laughs> like Scrappy Doo or something, you know. But either way, I think it's a great casting. I, I like the the eclectic nature of the cast. You know, it's just great about Star Wars. It's not necessarily always these huge names. Like people become huge names after the fact, but not necessarily like you know they've done like Liam Neeson and stuff like that. But for the most part, like I don't know, the casting calls like the. They fit like pieces of a puzzle, and I'm always like, "That's a good call. Like that works." 
Well, JJ's probably he's making himself very comfortable with this cast. I mean, he he knows the core cast, but he added Kerry Russell, who he's worked yeah. with before, and now he's added Dominic Monaghan, who he knows. Snap Wexley. Yeah, there's another one. You're right. So he he's very comfortable. It's like a little old boys club over there. Um, and, and just think about think about also for, quickly just for uh, Dominic Monaghan. If you ever meet him at a con, you're getting like a two or three for one. You know what I mean? Like if you were a fan of Lost. And, you know, you get Lord of the Rings, Star Wars now, and that. So get your little Trivial Pursuit board out, Kyle. Well, I'm not going to – I'm not holding my breath for that. That might be a while. But, yes, I, that would be that would be a good ad for many reasons. Uh, Michelle, you down with Dominic Monaghan? Yeah. He's a cool dude, and, like, I really enjoy – whenever he's in something that I'm watching. Um, and I don't know. I just feel a kinship to like people who are on lost, like, cause they live, especially ones who like kind of relocated to Hawaii, like after it. And he's like one of us. So <laughs> I don't know. He's like a really chill dude. Like I know a lot of people who know him who said he's like a super, really cool person and super laid back and super funny. And, um, really smart and cares about like their craft. So I feel like it would be cool. Like I, I feel like most, a lot of, like a lot of directors or, um, or like producers or whatever tend, there are, are like some of those people who tend to kind of, um, hire people that they like to work with a lot. Like, um, what's it? David O. Russell hires like, a what's it called? Um, Jennifer, Jennifer, oh my God, why am I slipping on her name? Jennifer. Jennifer Love Hewitt. No, Jennifer, <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence. That's it. Jennifer Lawrence and Bradley Cooper. He did like American Hustle and Joy and all those stuff. And then Adam Sandler, like he has his crew that he always hires. And, um, you know, like there are people that David Fincher always hires the Maras. And like, you know, there are different actors who always like, uh, different directors and people always like to hire the same people. Uh, I think partially because they really enjoy working with them, but also partially because they have this shorthand with them as well that like, yes, they probably really understand each other. So when they need someone to like join a project that is really important that you need, you want someone who understands your vision and your shorthand that you've kind of worked with in the past that, you really had a good like understanding of how you interpret something. Um, so yeah, it's like all of us, like, you know, it's probably like that thing that connects us to our friends or the people we want to work with or collaborate with. And, um, you know, I'm excited. I really like enjoy him as an actor when he plays, like he plays ambiguous. Great, but like he's really lovable too and funny. And so I hope like, I don't know. He and he can act dram- dramatic too. So I I feel like he's one of those characters, like actors, where like his character could be. You don't really know if he's going to be good or bad because he could be both. I, so I feel know, like really just... I, I can't picture him any as anything other than you know at worst, and like a, a lukewarm Is ally. Is the too strong? Like I just can't <laughs> see him being bad. Like he's got such yeah, a cute either. little fuzzy I face. I've seen him on television, like, play pretty bad characters. Like, not bad, bad, but, like, you know, not 
not good. So yeah, the, the furthest I can see him going bad is like I said, the, the Kanji Club thing, like part of a gang or something like that, like kind of on his own, independent, but definitely not first order. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like he's a little. He wouldn't be first order in the sense that, like, I don't really see him playing someone who enjoys authority. Like, I see him more as like if he's gonna play bad, he would be like you know, um, a mercenary or something. Uh, yeah, maybe. Anyway, we'll, we'll see. Carlos, how do you feel about this, this casting? I don't know. I stopped watching lost. I don't, I don't feel, uh, I don't feel connected to Charlie at all. Uh, I never watched lost. So don't feel bad. (laughs) I don't feel connected to his, his character. I just feel connected to him as like an actor. Cause he like lives, I don't know. Like, I did like Charlie too, but like not all of it, but like, I don't know. I just feel connect. I mean, I met them, like they went to the, my same Barnes and Noble. That's how I feel. Not like as the character. That's the Hawaii connection. I, that. I just want to clarify that. Oh, no, that's fine. I just, uh, I never watched Lord of the Rings either. <gasps> that's yeah, not C Candido music. Yes. <laughs> C C A N D I D O M U S I C. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, no, look. I, I uh, I'll be honest. He's a good actor. He's a good actor, and uh, he's uh, he's Australian, isn't he? So he's cool. Yeah, is he Australian. So I, I, I think he's from New Z- Australia. Is he Australian or New Zealandish? Let's find out. I'm gonna Google it. <laughs> Anyways, either way, he's, he's he's a cool he's a cool guy, and he Brandy likes Buck. he likes he likes dangerous animals, and uh, he's uh, really good to have on a podcast. And uh, I think uh, he's a credit to uh, to Star Wars. So yeah, I'm cool with it. It's hard he's, not to be down. He's British, but he was born in West Berlin. That's kind of interesting. He's a kraut. <laughs> All right, so we're down. Every I think. I've not seen anybody complain about this, and I doubt we will. He just seems like a a, a good fit for both Abrams and uh, the GFFA. Plus, didn't he say, like, I think he said originally when J.J. was given, like, the new Star Wars trilogy that, or, like, that it announced that he was working on it, he said during Force Awakens that he wanted to be involved in star wars if jj is like oh maybe this means i can get something in star wars like hey consider me and now he's gonna be in it so he's probably super excited it was like please jj please (laughs) oh jeez imagine imagine being jj abrams just how many of your friends come out of the woodwork hey put me in a star wars movie hey buddy how's it going man like we should catch up and now we'll see what we're we'll compare notes and what we're working oh you're doing star wars I'm available. Oh god! I, I got be... the best idea for episode nine. Okay. <laughs> Can you imagine? People are probably constantly pitching him what they sh- what he should write, like all the time. Oh, I bet it must be. Uh, I don't know if it's flattering I or just annoying. Awesome episode of of Murphy Brown. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's uh, let, let's leave Dominic Monaghan there until we get some further info on his role. And we'll pick up with some... Well, actually, we'll put a spoiler warning here. A potential spoiler warning for some leaked Episode 9 set picks from the sun. Uh, so, 
if you are very allergic to spoilers at this stage of the game, uh, jump out now and I guess skip ahead. Give it give it ten minutes or so, and uh, check back in with us. Uh, but yeah, so uh, the Sun had posted a bunch of pictures from some early episode nine shooting, and I guess you know we're at that time of of the production cycle where I guess again. We need to decide as a group what we want to do about spoilers. So I ran a poll in the group, and there was a, a significant majority who said, "Let's let's do spoilers." So, you know, obviously we'll we'll be careful. We'll post uh, post warnings in the group, and uh, here on the podcast, we'll do the best we can to uh, advise people that we're getting into some spoilery territory here. But uh, let's let's get into this here. Michelle, are you doing spoilers? She's already jet. Oh, she's, she's already gone. <laughs> she's <man>. already bailed. <laughs> Good honor. I, I she's got more willpower than I do. All right. So uh, also of note, some leaked pics from uh, that made that made got put up on MakingStarWars.net last week, which showed a little tiny portion of the Falcon in a forest setting, and you know, not a whole lot to glean from those pictures. Like, did you guys see those? Yeah, I did. And oh, enough said, man. Forest setting. I'm down. <laughs> Love that in Star Wars. Not enough of that. Yeah, people going to Endor, Yavin, Takodana, all that like very easy stuff to draw conclusions to. I, I whatever. I'm not putting any stock in any of those uh, speculations just yet. But uh, Carlos, did you see those? Yeah, I did. I thought uh, I thought they were pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it's always nice to see the Falcon on on set on location. Just you know, it's real at that point. All right, uh, so just before before we move forward, like regarding the spoilers thing, uh, like I think there's got to be some kind of you know we did okay with the last couple movies, but if there's something out there that's big, like we know it's a big spoiler, like there's someone's gonna have to bite the bullet and be like, okay, we deem this like we're not talking about this or talking about that. Well, I, I don't think we should know, do everything pending on the, the nature of it. Yeah, I mean everybody's got to use some judgment, but. Your judgment is different from someone else's. So, <clears throat> what I would say is that you know, if like if you're going to start a, th- a thread somewhere, and this you know, this does, you don't have to be in the tumbling saber group to do this, but you can. You can come join us. Um, I would say you know, wherever you tread online is is just say here's an episode nine spoiler. Uh, check the comments and then post that. Then jump into the comment section and post the link there. So it's a little bit more concealed for people who don't want to have you know a headline. You know, just just crammed into their eyeballs like that. Just a little extra layer of protection there. All right, so let's. Uh, oh, oh, sorry. On the uh, the the uh, the only interesting speculation I saw on the Falcon pictures was that maybe this jungle planet is Batu, which, as we know, is going to be the setting for Galaxy's Edge, which opens also next year. So maybe they've got some synergy happening between. The park, <clears throat> excuse me, the park that's opening next year and episode nine. I can see that happening. I that's my favorite speculation so far. And that's all. Batu was also in Thrawn Alliances, so maybe they're starting to lay some groundwork for that environment. Uh, so, so for all the things we've heard, like Endor, Yavin, mark me down for Batu. For whatever that's worth. Okay, so but beyond these leaked pictures of the Falcon. Uh, let's get let's get into these sun pictures here. So we had um, it looked like pictures from the from the set, but on a Scottish hillside. Did you guys get the sense that this was being filmed in Scotland or some such similar place? 
Yeah, it kind of makes sense. I, I think Scotland is a location for nine, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe in New Zealand. Uh, no, I don't think they're that far. I, I'm pretty sure they're they're in the UK or you know in that general part of the world. I want I'm pretty certain it's Scotland, but if you know if anybody's listening who's who's got more um, intel on that, let us know. But Corey, what did what did you take from these pictures? Uh, I don't know if you want to go through them a, a bit. Like, ah, we don't have to go through each picture one by one. Just just give us uh, your overall thoughts. Well, basically, I I feel like they're almost on like a reconnaissance mission in a way. Like, uh, looking for someone or something. They're out of their element. Well, firstly, I'm surprised they even leaked and no goddamn beards. Oh, Jesus. no beards. Not not, not one beard and not one beard at all. Poe po looks possibly wounded in one of the pics, like the way he's holding his arm and he has like a, uh, an armband. But then you look at it, he's not dirty enough to have been like uh, just in a battle or something. So I, I do think they're on a reconnaissance mission. The time jump, I don't know. It just doesn't look like it's so much there that much. Maybe maybe a bit, a year. Like we're not talking five years or anything anymore. Uh, yeah. What else? Again, well, yeah. Let's let's pause there. I I think you're right. I I think the time jump is not super far. I think we're talking at most a couple of years. I love the look. I have to say, I, I really like Finn's pants, a little solo esque <laughs> in a way. Yep, styling space boots as well on both counts. Thumbs up. I love the look of Poe. He looks like something out of like a, uh, almost like a golden era adventure movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like an indie. Like, yeah, kind of. I guess that that would be the closest sort of analog. Are we even looking at possibly uh, possible nerf herders? Those horses with the uh, the CGI and the hair. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what those guys are going to look like. More importantly, more importantly, I think, uh, again, it really does look like they're on some kind of mission. They're in search of someone or something to, to help the resistance. And that being said, like to see that Chewie, uh, Poe, and Finn are together, it kind of takes me off my game a bit in the sense that I'd seen the characters, again, separating much the way they did in The Last Jedi, where, uh, <laughs> where Poe would be at the forefront of... The, the resistance in the like leading the show kind of in a way and his x-wing or whatever it is and finn would be doing the groundwork for like stuff with the the battalions and whatever and ray would be doing her her jedi thing possibly with chewy but to have those three all together kind of makes me wonder where's ray like is she doing this again on her own you know which is kind of the jedi way I guess she got to face her own demons and stuff. So I don't know. I, I just didn't see those three together, to be honest. But I, I'm, I don't know. Well, they're, we, they're definitely... we know that uh, Daisy has said, or Daisy or John Boyega, one of the two or both have said that Ray and Finn will be together in this movie more than they were in The Last Jedi. So at some point, I would expect that we'll see something along those lines. This, this could just be, you know, like, I don't know if this is early in the movie or whatnot, but. I think there's going to be lots of time for, for different combos. I, I like this. I like seeing Finn and Poe back together. What Carlos, did, Carlos, what are your thoughts on this? I love seeing uh, Finn and Poe together. <laughs> I think, uh, no, uh, obviously, 
Um, no, it's great. It's great. Uh, I, I, I love the pictures. There's something Return of the Jedi-esque, the feeling a little bit. that I, I, Maybe it's the forest. I don't know. We don't really get a hill shot in, in Jedi, but like I don't know. There's something familiar about it, which uh, is comforting and very scary. Uh, seeing as uh, JJ uh, likes to rehash stuff, so I'm uh, I'm a little worried, but um, the look looks really cool. So I mean, at least there's that. It does look cool in that. I mean, this is something we've not yet seen in Star Wars. I mean, it does look almost like a Braveheart esque environment with those. You know, there there seem to be meeting some indigenous people that look. Almost, almost kind of medievalish as well. So I, you know, I, I wonder if that's the vibe. And we've been getting sort of overtones of King Arthur throughout this trilogy a little bit. So it would make sense to some degree to continue that thread here with the, with a you know a culture of people that might represent that just a little bit. Ooh, junkers. Yeah, I mean they don't look very well off, do they? As a group, we've seen some. Uh, there's a few pictures here of, of of these villagers or this tribe of people. They don't they don't look like they're particularly well off. Like these mm-hmm. aren't these aren't to nobility by any stretch. Um, what else? Yeah, you got? perhaps cloud riders. <laughs> the evolution. Do you guys notice the army ranger or some military person in one of the first pictures? There's, a, there's clearly some sort of army ranger type person in one of these pictures, which you know they always have this type of consultant on set to help them, you know, help them with their you know how you hold a weapon and how you walk and how you crawl stuff like that. So I wonder if there's going to be a little bit of of action in these sequences. Well, they look ready to go. Like Finn looks pretty ready. The way he's holding his belt buckle there. Even even Poe too. But uh, I don't know. They just like they both look so comfortable together on set. Uh, and also, I'm just... also Chewie. Let's not let, let's not forget about Chewie and his trusty bowcaster back in action here. Chewie has a beard. Are you okay with that, Corey? <laughs> it's not a beard. Oh boy! Yeah, no, I, I I enjoy set picks like this because it gives you a little flavor of what's coming in the film, but you have no idea the context of what's happening here. So I I love these sort of images. You don't. You don't think the the woman in the with the yellow cape is uh, Naomi Aki? Very well, maybe. We'll, we'll touch on that later in the show. But uh, uh, I don't know. I think that would have been pointed out by now if it, if it actually was. But I, I, I'm I'm excited about this. I, I'm definitely excited. She's about wearing this. a yellow cape. She's Lando's ex. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely I'm excited to see those horses with the, with the CG enhancements. Those things are going to look super cool. What do you think? Could they be uh, nerfs? I don't think so. I mean, yes, they could be. It, it would give it would make scruffy looking nerf herder make sense. I sh- I'm sure it would. I but no, it seems like you know that, that's always been a joke. In Star Wars. Like, the Nerf Herder's been a joke. Like, leave it as a joke. Like, these these seem to be some sort of uh, 
you know, there's there's heavy stakes in this film. I don't want to I don't want to mix up these people with a long running joke. You know what I mean? True. But either way, like you said, like to me, it it does kind of seem like they're on they're looking like what else are they doing there? Like it seems like they're in search of something or allies, someone they can team up with or. Yeah, that well, <clears throat> that's that's my first guess as well. Like they're they're looking for some for reinforcements against the first order. That's that's what that would be my first guess, first and only guess, really. <laughs> I got nothing else. What is it? Pin info. Like they're just like the first order's coming, man. Yeah, I mean, it looks. I, I, I'm excited. I, I this I think this is an environment that we've not yet seen. I don't know if if it'll have other enhancements uh, via CG in the uh, in the final cut. But I'm glad that we've got something fairly unique here. Uh, Carlos, anything else you want to add to this? No, not much. I mean, listen, guys, it, let's be honest here. We we got four different shots of Oscar and, and John Boyega standing next to each other doing absolutely nothing that's going to be in the movie. You got uh, Chewie standing around next to a horse with uh, some stuff on his face that's probably going to be CGI'd over. Yeah. You got uh, Juna sitting down without the chewy mask on because it's hot as balls. And what else? What else do we see? I mean, it's fun. It's fun to know that they're you know they're actually doing stuff. But, like, I mean, at a certain point, like, give me something, or don't give me anything. I, that, that's the way I look at it now. You, you got to take it for what it is. Like from what, I, like, no, I don't. No, I don't. Well, you don't have to look at it either. I mean, <laughs> exactly. The the only thing we're we're really being able to ascertain out of this is again, like I think they're on the look for something, and it looks like they've met some kind of primitive culture of some sorts that for people that aren't necessarily well off. Yep, this is uh, some more of the downtrodden. I would I would guess. All right, so uh, what do you guys think? Should we, should we grab our break now and then come back with a bit more, uh, one more bit of news and then jump into a question? Let's do it. All right, so let's let's grab a break and then we'll uh, we'll continue. And we are back from our break. Michelle's eating a nice fine pizza. We're jealous. <laughs> for, so forever, when anybody listens back to this podcast, they're going to think of pizza. They're going to get hungry. They'll have Michelle to thank. It's it's going to be a bump to the restaurant economy because everyone's going to run out and order pizza. Except me. Well, they should because pizza is amazing. Yes, it is. All right. So I'm going to just like just for the sake of completeness, I've got a little news dump from Star Wars Newsnet about Chewie in Episode 9. And if uh, if you guys feel like chiming in uh, based on this this little dump here of info, feel free. So Star Wars Newsnet is reporting that uh, Junus Suotomo bailed from the Rose City Comic Con recently uh, due to some additional shooting for Episode 9 that he had to do. And uh, you know, that he had completed... This is weird. He had completed most of his shooting for Episode 9 during the production of Solo. Which is bizarre, to me, anyway. Like, so he was only announced as a guest for this con on June 15th. Which, again, is odd because you'd think that he never would have booked that con in the first place because of episode nine, yet there he was. And then so between 
Uh, between June 15th and August 8th, when he bailed, something changed because that's when he, he, he backed out. So Star Wars Newsnet is theorizing that uh, Billy D. Williams joining the cast was a rel- relatively late addition. And so he was, you know, we, we only started talking about that um, in mid-June when Fanthatrax originally broke that story. And then you know, I think like a few days after that, Billy D. Williams himself canceled an appearance at a con. Now, so the theory is that Lando's late inclusion to the story required some rewrites to the script and that brought Junus, uh, you know, more into the fold because you can't have Lando and Chewie in the same film and not have them together, right? So here we go. So what leaves me uneasy about all this is is that Chewie had done his sh- most of his shooting during Solo? What to me it's, it strikes me as a very inorganic way to do movies, unless Chewie has such a little, such, such a minor, minor background role. Like, was he the only Episode Nine cast member there? Uh, nobody knows the answer to that, but I, I don't know. Like, I, I just pictured J- uh, Junus running around on a green screen set, just you know, running with, like to to marks on this on a stage somewhere. Like, it, it just feels very odd to me. I'm not. I'm not entirely comfortable i'm not i don't want to call you know jj abrams and his plan into question but i don't know that 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 is a bizarre way to do movies in my mind like what do you guys think i want to chime in and just say like i I agree with you that it's odd but first and foremost i want to say that it's actually super smart and a nod to the direction and the production crew in the sense that they had the the sense of mind to kill two birds with one stone you know what i mean but in the same regard, it does worry me, like you said, for the minimal role thing. And I, on it, obviously, if they bring, they're bringing Lando back, like they need Chewie to do a scene with him. Like he can't really pass that opportunity up. But yeah, I mean, all that, what interaction is he having with other characters? Again, we don't know. Maybe they had other people on set with him. But it uh, just kind of means to me that Chewie is not going to have a prominent prominent role in this film which is kind of unfortunate like to me the more chewy the better or at least have him like saddle up with like ray or something or well we just saw him in, in these in these leaked set picks right and not, not that's to get true back into spoilery stuff but we just oh my god <laughs> we, we just saw him there is that an, is, I'm is, talking! It, <laughs> <laughs> is that a new scene or is that just some of the stuff he had to do that was that was always part of the plan but uh yeah i i don't know Carlos, does this make any sense to you? Yeah, I think so. And that's this is why I don't I wasn't ecstatic over the moon for JJ. If we're talking of the pictures, I'm literally going to hop off. No, no, no. We're done with those pictures. Okay, thank you. Can I go now? <laughs> okay, so <laughs> Yeah, so uh that's why I wasn't over the moon for that JJ uh, got the role, got the, the 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 director chair for this thing because as soon as the rumors started coming out about Billy D. Williams, uh, I knew that it was a reaction. It was a, it was a reaction to the the positive feedback of Donald Glover and the Lando love, and they're gonna try to shoehorn it, and it's gonna make me. <sighs> question the original vision like what 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 did what was the original plan look the original plan was scrapped anyways when carrie fisher died so right right there there's 
there, there's a wrench in in the whole Plus, in the like, whole production. They switch directors and yeah, uh, well for sure. So there's there's part of that, and but I, to come in late like that, we're starting filming in at the end of July, and Solo comes out on uh, May twenty fourth. If you were cool and you saw it on opening night, and like. And then all of a sudden, oh, let's 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 get Lando in. Like, I don't know, man. That's scary. It's scary that this is going to be probably the worst Star Wars movie since two thousand two. You need to join your man. friends who are like part of the negative Star Wars group. No, Dude, I'm, I'm, like... it, it's it's a fear. I'm just I have a fear. I don't like it's if if it was one thing. If it was just one thing, I could say, uh, you know, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. But it's it's constant. There's always something. It's always something about JJ. It's always, oh man, I, I, look, The Force Awakens wasn't a great movie, guys. I'm sorry. I, it's it just every time I watch The Last Jedi, The Force Awakens goes lower and lower on my list. But were there good moments? Beautiful shots? Yes, absolutely, one hundred percent. But you, you, we got, we gotta, we gotta start looking at things uh, through uh, glasses sets, that aren't it, colored, Corey. Well, whatever. <laughs> to me, it set, it set things up. I mean, I, I agree with you that it was a little reminiscent, a little too nostalgic, a little too safe. And what was the Force Awakens or the Last yeah, Jedi? No, the Last Jedi was actually quite bold, which you know a lot of people struck back against, but. Yeah, The Force Awakens, I find it was a good way just to situate everybody back into the galaxy and trying to keep everybody comfortable. Oh, yeah, because everybody needed a situation because they haven't seen the movie 6,000 times since it came out the first time. Uh, Jesus. Been... This, we give no credit to the moviegoer, and we, 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 we treat them like they deserve no credit, and then everybody gets mad when they bite back. At a certain point, make the, make the movie... By the way... The, the Last Jedi was, I, I agree with you, The Last Jedi was a much more bold attempt. And I hope J.J. is able to to do some bold things with the script. I don't want it to be a very generic ending to episode 9. It's got to be pretty goddamn heavy, man. It's got to be like... I think we have to be realistic that we shouldn't expect, like, huge revela revelatory moments from J.J., though. No. <laughs> let's be uh, real. Uh, let's get some resolution on some certain aspects. And we, we, like you said, I know we know he's going to probably leave us on somewhat of an resolution. ambiguous note. Yeah, you know, despite being on what Plan F by now, as far as script goes, how many scripts for Episode Nine have been written? They've got to be on Plan F by now. Yeah, I Episode Nine's got the job of tying together all nine movies without being <laughs> without being you know uh, bogged down by nostalgia, without having to. It's in such a weird place. I don't even know how to describe all these things that it has to do like besides wrapping up the story, uh, but maybe leaving a, a crack in the door for future stories as well as making angry people happy for, and then, but doing new things to, for, to push the story forward. It's kind of a, it's almost in a no win situation again. I don't know if, if it gives you anybody, any solace, like at least know that it's not just JJ, like sitting in a room, typing this thing out, like, He's bouncing this thing off everybody that he at his disposal, most likely. And the writing in think tanks, it's not all him coming up with well, this it's stuff. Well, him and Chris Terrio. And, of course, they they definitely have input from other sources. 
Of course. Big so you're, time. Te- you're telling me that nobody brainstormed an idea to have Billy D. Williams come on after Carrie Fisher died and they waited until the reception for uh, uh for, for the solo movie before jumping on that? Who knows? Maybe maybe they'd offered Billy D a something earlier and he was just like, Look, no, I, I can't do it, I'm too old. But now with the circumstances, maybe they just quadrupled the, the money and he's like, I I can't refuse this. You know what I mean? Like who knows what they had planned in the past and but I think it makes sense to have Lando past, on board. Corey, the past. Either, either, <laughs> either way, I think it makes sense Lando's on board just, again, for the the experience factor. Like, someone's got to step up the plate with the circumstances they're in, you know? Like, someone's got to help out and to know that he's still around and willing to do so. Like, I'm down. Well, I, I like what Carlos had said about, you know, solo drops and people freak out over Donald Glover as Lando. So JJ goes, hey man, that, that that worked out really well. Let's put Lando in nine. That, There's really something there. Well, that, that's tinfoil hat they stuff, also, but it makes sense. But it also could have just been that they were negotiating, like you know, the contract and negotiating sure. how much he was going to be paid and like yep. you know how much because those contracts and those negotiations, especially if it's you know Billy D. Williams, he's part of the original trilogy, like. He's he's negotiating from like a relative position of power, like not exactly. super. Position he's he's of power, holding but the cards. He can because he is like if they lost Carrie Fisher, they're losing a huge chunk of that, you know, nostalgia factor. Especially a JJ, I think he's very like, you know, he's he likes the nostalgia factor a lot of, and that's you know, that scares me a little bit. Yeah, that scares me too because I feel like a lot of the stuff he writes, like, especially with The Force Awakens, like, I agree when I saw it, I was just, like, I liked it, but then the more I thought about it, like, the more that it frustrated me, just because Mm -hmm. of, like, plot holes and certain things that happened that, like, were Mm. very convenient, and it was a lot more about, like, visually, like, striking, and, you know, as opposed to, like, the story. I felt like the story was kind of not as, um, focused on as it was like how visually cool it was gonna look that was kind of more the vibe I got from JJ so like I don't know but I'm just saying like he I feel like the yeah he's he was negotiated from a position of power like you lose a huge chunk of that plus like it kind of bring, them bringing Billy D. Williams in does make me semi like ca- cautiously hopeful that they will try to do like a lay a wrap up in like a funeral or some sign of like goodbye way. And like, if they are going to do that, it does make sense for the story and the plot for him to be there. I just feel like the original group or like for a person such as Leia, who is the general, who is the princess, like he, he would come out for that. So I feel like if that's the story they're trying to tell, then then that makes sense for him to be part of it. And it makes sense that they didn't really make a huge move until after they were trying to figure out what they were going to do with Carrie Fisher's role now that she's passed away. And, like, if they're going to use the found footage or if they're mm-hmm. going to use new stuff. No, and I think also part of the Jonas, like, Jun- Junus, I don't know how to say his name properly, but um, his, like, filming stuff, like, it could have been that, you know, he filmed early during Solo because at the time they were planning to do the found footage stuff with Carrie and maybe they were trying to shoot some stuff for that. Cause like they would have to shoot green screen at a certain point anyway, if they are going to 
insert a shot opposite like Carrie's stuff if he's supposed to be in the scene or something. I don't know. Who knows? That's just what I thought. Yeah, it's yeah, it, just, it, it, it leaves it's really it just it's leaves me a to... bit nervous. So much about episode nine makes me nervous. Like Carlos, I'm echoing what you're saying about God, I don't want could it be the worst movie since since two thousand two? Ugh, I don't even want to think about that, but I don't want to say that no. verbatim until I see it. Yeah, exactly. You can't just the Carl I understand Carlos not wanting to go in with expectations and people like you know, raise their expectations so high. But I want to go in also with a positive attitude, at least in the, in the bare minimum. Yeah, sure. I mean, nobody um, want nobody wants to go in with a negative attitude, but you just you just react to what you're seeing. Oh no, 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 Kyle, this is Star Wars fandom. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, a lot of people are, you know, they they yeah, poisoned the well. They saw it. Yeah, for sure. They just, they but just... then again, like think about the groups, like the very large groups of people who love like his characters that he created, like who are, you know, like Raylo or whatever ships they have. There are people Zuvio. who are very passionate about characters that JJ created. So, you know, he does knows? deserve some credit, right? He did. He did give us these characters inspired <clears throat> by Lucas, but he did give us Ray and he gave us Poe and he gave us Finn and Kylo Ren and all these new guys who we love, compelling characters. Oh, he he set the thing in motion too. Like granted, again, we all said it was kind of safe and predictable almost and a little too reminiscent of things, but in the same regard, like it left us where we it set the stage for the next film. Like like you said, we we knew these characters and their direction kind of where where we were going, what we were looking for, where were we at, we were at. So at least it set things up pretty decently well again it's this this balancing act that lucasfilm has to continue to play where there's a certain portion of fans who demand like nostalgia hugs it's got to be this way it's got to make me feel like i was 10 it's got to remind me of my all my old kenner toys but like why don't you just watch the old movie then like stop pushing all your you know projection exactly. yeah like i don't like, it's, i think agenda. it's a bad it's a bad idea to go into a star wars movie expecting it or asking it to make you feel like you're 10 years old again because you're not 10 you'll never be 10 again mm. like that's it's it's unfair and it, i think it's really unfair and frankly somewhat selfish to expect the movie to appease you in that way you know if you're part of a certain demographic that this must please me. Like Star Wars has right. to appeal to the broad, like it's a movie that has to appeal to the broad world. Yeah, basically. I mean, this, these are movies, one of the few movies that can aspire to make $2 billion. <laughs> and you don't do that by only catering to one set. So this has got to appeal to everyone. And I'm sorry, and but I... the, the people who are in this for nostalgia aren't the only people. It's it, you're just not. And if you bring that baggage to, to the movie, and if you, and f- if you put that expectation on J.J. Abrams, you get something like The Force Awakens, where again I enjoy it, but Corey, you said it. It's it's not a very bold movie. Well, either way, I think Ryan Johnson has set J.J. up in a big way. Like, well, he's, he's... he he cleared the table. That's it. Like, there's, there's the possibilities are there. Like, there's circumstances, yes, 
but that's it, man. Like uh, the slate's been wiped clean, but th- there is a narrative still playing out throughout, and all the pawns that are in place right now have the potential to make an incredible Star Wars story. There's so much fodder there that, that with the amount of money and everything they're putting into it, they have the potential to tell an incredible story. Sure. I mean, yeah, the potential is definitely there. But I, I do think the potential is also there for it to be uh, kind of weak, confused, a, bit, a little bit messy, and you know, w- without a strong core. I, well, I, you know, I'm, at least they push push production for in that regard. You know, they they've taken their time so far from what I've seen. Well, yeah, I mean, again, we're on Plan F, or whatever it is. Like so they've they've done a bunch of iterations here. I I trust that they've that they're doing this the right way. But man, the way I look at this film, there's just so many pitfalls, and, and and places where they could just really step on that rake and whack themselves in the face. You know, it's almost like there's too many of them. That's at some point they're gonna they're they're gonna shoot themselves in the foot. And you know, we we're talking about Lando being added. I do wonder, is he there purely to satisfy uh, people who who haven't felt enough love from the OT? It's a very it's a very cynical take, but uh, yeah, that's that would be me. I I do th- tend to view things through a cynical prism. But boy, did we go all over the place based on a fairly innocuous Chewy story? <laughs> but I, I do hope that you know more Chewy is better for me, and so I I, I really do hope that uh, th- this does mean that Chewy will be in, in further scenes and have a, a larger role to play. All right, uh, that's that's it for this one. So thank you, Star Wars Newsnet, for the report and the theory. And lastly, we will check in with Mr. CantoCast, who's got a quick question for us this week. This is, it's a couple weeks old, so uh, you'll have to forgive us if it's something we've already spoken about. But we'll touch on this quickly, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up. Hey, Kyle, Corey, Michelle, and Carlos. It is Jeff from the CantoCast. Now, I'm not here to ask another Star Wars Seinfeld mashup question. I think I have tapped out from that for right now especially after the last Sith Disturbers episode you guys did with all the Seinfeld characters that could be mashed into Star Wars characters. You guys had me in tears laughing at those, and at the same time I was like, damn it, I should have came up with that one, and I didn't. So, I think I'm going to start asking some serious Star Wars questions. And I would like to know, since we... Recently got the casting announcement for Episode 9. And we have three new actors that are coming in to Episode 9. Naomi Aki, Richard E. Grant, and Carrie Russell. Now, this is not really so much a question as it's speculation. And what do us Star Wars fans love to do more than speculate? I would like to know, who do you think they're going to be playing in episode nine. Are they going to be new characters that we've never seen before? Are they going to be characters that we've seen before? Or are there going to be characters that we've only heard of in novels? Now, I know a lot of people are saying Richard E. Grant is going to be Thrawn. And 
The only reason I don't see that as a possibility is because for the average moviegoers, unless, you know, they're really hardcore into it like we are, they're not going to know who this blue guy is. So, you know, the, they, they would have to go into a whole backstory for him, too, and I don't think, you know, they would want to do that. So, you know, just kicking it around, like, who do you think they could end up playing? Can't wait to hear what you guys come up with, and I will talk to you in the future. Or, you know, next time I send in a question, and may the force be with you. And there goes Jeff from the Canto cast. All right, guys, let's. Uh, we, we've spoken about this. Richard E. Grant, who are they playing? Who's who's Naomi Aki going to play? Um, are we, are, let's start with Richard E. Grant because I think we all sort of landed in the same place with him. Is is are we still all on first order? Well, more or less. Like I, I think you can go either way. Like both sides are, I don't want to say decimated on the first order, but resistance they're pretty much toast like they're starting from scratch they also need uh, some kind of leadership position which is again where i think where lando may came in come in but on the on the other side of things like yeah like i, I don't think he's doing a mocap or an alien or anything like that like he looks like it's kind of stereotypical again but like the brits always seem to have like a high command in either the empire or the first order so we know again that their their leadership's been severely de- decimated in the Last Jedi, and by that I, I really mean Captain Kennedy. <laughs> Poor Captain Kennedy. Ah, oh, dude, he was so ah, oh, just a bomb. I love. I lo- yeah, he was good. But anyway, like again, we're 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 gonna have uh, Hux is gonna have to have Brandy Buck yammering in his ear the whole time. So <laughs> he's gonna give him like a wet willy. He's like you. And your willy wetters. Like, <laughs> Jesus. But, uh, yeah. I think he's Imperial or First Order, to be honest. We know he's not Thrawn. He, he ruled that out of himself. Yeah, I, th- I think, again, they're going to need some guidance in that direction. Both sides will. And he's going to be the guy possibly even pulling the strings of Hux. Or at least some kind of high-ranking... A fleet commander or something, maybe the role of like a Kennedy or something that sticks around a little longer. Yeah, maybe. If, I mean, if you're getting billed at this point as being part of the cast, I tend to think that you've got a, a, a fairly meaty role relevant to the plot. Like Kennedy was, nobody knew who this guy was before before we saw the movie. The actor, I mean. Um, well, I could still see him in resistance garb or like, you know, like the... The, the guy sitting around the, the war room or whatever. Like, I can see him in that or imperialism. So, either way. Sorry, Kyle, what did you just say? I don't know. I never pay attention to what I say. Oh. Were you saying, like, something about, like, if any of us had seen him in something before or, like... Oh, yeah, Captain Kennedy. Kennedy. Like, who... Did, did anybody know that Captain Kennedy was in this movie before you saw it? And who the actor was and what role he was playing? No. No. Exactly. So I, I tend to think that Richard E. Grant's role is is definitely much bigger than than that of a Kennedy. Yeah, possibly the same type of position, but a larger role. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's kind of where I'm at, Carlos. Tell me, uh, tell me more about this position, Corey. 
What the? <laughs> it's called the Kennedy. Oh no, 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 no! Oh Jesus! Uh, yeah, no, I have no idea, honestly. Uh, yeah, my my first my gut was uh, first order. You know, probably some guy who was flopping around in his in his flip flops, and they had <laughs> to they had to they had to pull him out of retirement <laughs> to come in and and uh, and uh, fill a, a bit of a vacuum. Uh, left by uh, by the, the 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 battle, and uh, yeah, so I'm I'm stuck I'm stuck I'm sticking with that, but I'm also sticking with that. For, well, first of all, because it was my first my first uh, gut uh, reaction, but also I don't wanna I don't wanna start throwing other speculation out there, and then I might hit on it. And then somebody's gonna complain to me six years later that I ruined the movie for them. <laughs> um, so, okay. So let's go vanilla and say first order. All right, <laughs> Michelle. Yeah, I think I picked bad guy. I think so. Yeah, we, I think yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty much a four yeah. behind there. I don't know. I just feel like they're going. They'll go for type instead of against type. And I just, I don't really see him playing against type in this. Because I feel like this is one of those movies where you just be like, you want me to play a bad guy? Uh, I don't know. And they're like, oh, for Star Wars? Okay, sure. I'll do it again. Like, you know what I mean? If they just want a bad guy, he plays really good bad guy. Well, if if you're the gambling type and you want to put a few bucks down on on Grant playing Kenobi, you stand to make a lot of money. Like I'm sure there's there's some pretty long <laughs> odds on that. But I mean, I wouldn't be pissed if he was, but I just I just see him realistically looking more appropriate in first tell, order garb. Tell me. I don't know. Tell me his more body about- type. Somebody, somebody's got to trick him into doing an Alec Guinness impersonation, and then we'll know. <laughs> right, Kyle. Uh, <laughs> tell me more about these uh, long odds. What, uh, what do you got for these long odds? Something like three thousand seven hundred and twenty-one. You should Google like the Las Vegas odds. <laughs> Don't they have those for everything? Like yeah, literally yeah, was, under the sun. Yeah, but it's fun. Ask it's it's more fun asking it on the podcast. That's people are. Is listening. anybody focused on this show and Star Wars tonight? <laughs> really not. Okay, we're, we're going back on hiatus for a couple weeks. <laughs> we're done. We're done for a couple weeks. All right, let's. Uh, Naomi Aki, I think. I think on the other hand is more interesting, and so we're not going to go back into spoilery territory because Michelle's going to yell at me again. But uh, oh my god, just, or I can just just like you can leave her for last, and I'll just leave early. Well, she is last because we're, we're we only oh, have two okay. people to talk about. But I I Th- think there's if, no spoilers here. No, no. If you if we if you listen to the whole sh- the show all the way through, I think we met her people tonight. I'll I'll leave it at that. I think she is one of those people that we spoke about earlier today. Oh, wait, which is what? which is uh oh, you're supposed to say well what because you have no idea what we're talking about, Michelle. Well, I have kind of a well. Now that you said that, I have kind of an uh, like a get. Like I, I don't know. I think I know what you're talking about. It's really not that hard because when you're saying like, I think we met her people. Like, but if you as haven't... opposed to like a character, like there are only a, like that <laughs> narrows it down to like a soup. Like, there's only so many people groups. You know what I mean? 
Well, anyway, exactly. like somebody who's listened to the show all the way through and has, uh, you know, clicked on all the links and knows all the things and seen all the pictures, I think Naomi Aki is playing one of those people. And supplemented information for that is uh, John Boyega and Naomi Aki, like th- less than three weeks ago, were together. And there's a picture. There's a picture of them hugging as they meet, like prior to episode nine shooting. So I think those two people are in the same place. They could just be friends. Well, no, they are. But this, they are clearly friends. (laughs) But I think they're in the same place shooting Star Wars together. Which again, if you welcome to the jungle, if you've been on the show all night. You know where that where that is. Even if you haven't been on the show all night, you can totally understand what you mean. Yeah. But either either way, I I think what when when I think of her character, uh, I'll say right away, I don't see her being first order. I don't necessarily see her being resistance either. Although neither would really bother me or surprise me, but I I do see her kind of being almost like uh, the leader of an independent people. And kind of like, you know, just being caught up in the fray somehow. Like they. Can I again, just like sign off and leave now? <laughs> I'm like kind of depressed. Well, I think uh, that uh, her character name is going to be uh, Midge Pinciotti. <laughs> and uh, yeah, she's going to be very high ranking in the resistance. Oh jeez, I have Midge Pinciotti. Wow, where did that come from, Carlos? Well, that was a deep pull, my friend. Well, I know. Tell me about your deep pull. Oh no, it's this is not the time <laughs> nor the place. <laughs> how did like how did Tanya Roberts make her way into the show? Mm. Wow, that's wow, Midge Pinciotti. Goodness gracious. Uh, either way, like, let's just say, like, if you think about the character, do any guys see her first order? No. Me neither. Resistance? No. I've, I would say, like, total well, independent. Well, if, if she was resistance, she would have been on the Falcon at the end of <laughs> The Last Jedi. Oh, they're recruiting still. They're going after probably old allies that didn't show where, up. Where's <laughs> Snap? I don't, I don't know where Snap is. He was hiding. He's like, well, so she, maybe maybe she was hiding with Snap. Oh, Snap! Maybe she's playing Snap's droid. Ever think of that? That's she's a, deep an, cut. another mocap droid. Oh boy! Yeah, it's, it's JJ. I wouldn't be surprised. <sighs> <laughs> be cool, Carlos. Be cool. Midge Pinciotti. <laughs> All right, Jerry. <laughs> I, I never would have, in a million years, I never would have pulled Midge Pinciotti. I'm blown away by that. I don't know why. I don't even know who she is. Oh, come on. Really? That flew over my head, man. Wife, wife of Bob Pinciotti? Mother of Donna Pinciotti? Who was boyfriend to Eric Foreman? Oh, that seventy show. Yeah, that, that the flu. The right. only real like mother I remember from that show is Eric's mom, Kitty. Oh yeah, she's the best. 
I love that actress so damn much. I know like, she's the best. <laughs> she was so good on Friends. Oh, she is so good on Friends as um Frank Jr.'s wife. Yeah. <sighs> so funny. She was, she was his teacher. Oh my first. god, I can't with the triplets and like making out at Central Perk. <laughs> oh, so funny. And she's like, mm, I have my brother's triplets, and everyone's like, what? And they're like, can we return one to you? <laughs> return well, one. you can't take this one, and you can't take that. Well, you can't take that one either. So good. So funny. All right, uh, I think we're done. Jeff, thanks, man. I, I enjoy the Star Wars questions. Oh yeah, same here. Really good. Okay, I think we are done here for this week. Nice to be back in the saddle with everybody, but uh, that's it. We're done. We're out of here. So, uh, Dave and or Dave, we were actually waiting on on your question, sir. <laughs> Where was that? You I got, think he I, panicked. I think Dave was partying with the Pope all, all week. Yeah, I was gonna say the Pope. <laughs> uh, the Pope. The Pope screwed up everybody's schedule, as, as he likes to do. He's a bit of an animal. All right. Uh, again, thanks, thanks Jeffrey, for the question. And uh, if you if you guys out there want to send in your question, you can send that to us in either voicemail form or email. We'll we'll do them on the show, and that would be a lot of fun. So do that. And also thanks to Rob Wade for sharing this podcast on emotionally14.com. We we are proud to be E14 endorsed. So check that out and check out the Crazy Train podcast if you like laughing. And also. Check out our friends at the Star Wars Commonwealth for some of the best Star Wars podcasts out there. StarWarsCommonwealth.com or look up Star Wars Commonwealth on on iTunes as a podcast provider. We're all in there, including the new Retro Inc. podcast hosted by Andy and Adam. So check that out. And uh, this week, we got some saber rattling to do. Excited to do that. We don't don't do that enough, but I'm excited to to do that this week for our powerful friends. And if you want to become a powerful friend and hear that podcast, along with all those hilarious back episodes of Sith Disturbers that Carlos binged this weekend, where do they go, everybody? Patreon.com slash Tumbling Saber. Yeehaw. For as little... little, (laughs) Hey, David Letterman, shut your mouth. For as little as as $2 a month. Absolutely You can be a powerful friend. Become a powerful friend, like, like Brad did this week. Once again, well, what's what? Tell us what saber rattling is going to be about. No. Whoa! <laughs> going to entice the people, wet their appetite. Come on. Saber rattling is uh, a show where I get to sit with one of our powerful friends. We get to learn a little bit about the person. We get to have a little chat. We get we mix in some Star Wars, but we get to see the person, a little bit of the person behind the 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 uh, the Twitter identity and step us just you know. Taking one step us away from the galaxy far, far away for for an hour or so. It's a it's a fun show. Um, so check that out at patreon.com slash tumbling saber. You get all kinds of stuff, including our giveaways, which uh which are gonna start heating up. I've got them all planned out for the rest of the year. It's gonna it's gonna get crazy in here, guys. So if you want to become uh, a powerful friend, you'll have a shot at some wild prizes, including the the Snips-focused one, which will be given away next week. Hey, he's not even telling us about it. Just... Mm. Mm. Corey, do you need a roadmap? You don't know what Snips is? I know what Snips is, you dummy. I don't know what he's giving away. <laughs> I want Snips. Anything Snips. You probably have what I'm giving away. 
Oh, okay. Well, okay. Then it's not that important. I thought you were giving away like <laughs> your Clone Wars one or something. I'm like, this is going to be huge. Don't be stupid. I, don't I know, know it's late, but have you, have you, how much have you had to drink? Gee whiz, you're building this thing up, but it better not be like the Forces of Destiny one because yeah, you just, every, you hey, just guys, told everyone that you spent seven bucks on it. it. Says, guys, you're getting, you, you guys are worth a $7 prize next week. That's it. <laughs> no. God. Well, I'm curious then. I bet you are. All right. <laughs> let's, let's, uh, Corey, where, where can people find you on Twitter? Well, you can find me at Chop Rules with a Z. Of course we can. And Carlos? You can find me on the Instagram and the Twits uh, at C Candido Music. Uh, Facebook, you could look for me, Carlos Candido. Uh, if you want to support my Patreon campaign, you could do that. Patreon.com slash Carlos Creates. If you want to get uh, the first track of my new, my next album, um, every month I'm releasing a brand new track. And if you want to get August track, you got to become a patron in the month of August. Once you pass that, that month, you lose that track and uh, you won't have all the tracks for the next album. And you'll feel sad. And I don't want you to feel sad. So go to patreon.com slash Carlos Creates. Do it. And Michelle, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me at tediously underscore brief on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find me on Facebook at Michelle Grandine, just my name. And um, my last but not least, you can find all my books and collections and nerdy things and Star Wars things and everything fun on uh, the bookstagram, which is over on Instagram. And it's at Traveling Book Nerds, all one word. And we can talk about stuff outside of Star Wars. You got to step away from Star Wars sometimes for a little bit. Expand. We can also talk Star Wars, though. Yeah, of course. I mean, you you got to do that, but it's also okay to talk about other things, like pizza, like pizza, (laughs) and all the other things I'm obsessed about, and like, yeah, it's fun stuff, guys. And you can find me at Tumbling Saber on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. And again, our closed Facebook group has been really busy of late. Come check it out. Come join us in there. It's a lot of fun. And uh, that'll do it for episode 140. Thanks so much for listening. And we'll catch you guys again next week in episode 141. So have yourselves a great week. And we'll talk to you soon. Struggle for the answers. Questions frighten me. Circles getting wider. It's harder just to see. 